This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, you fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 92. Well remembered. We didn't check before we <laughs> press record. <laughs> 92. 92. Hope you guys have had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related mm. over the last week. Um, welcome aboard, new listeners. Had some tweets. Some Facebook messages from people saying, just found this cool Doctor Who podcast. Love it. Good show. Thank you very much. Always appreciate it. Oh, that's nice, yeah. So welcome, welcome aboard. aboard, guys. Yes. Yeah. Welcome aboard the TARDIS. Old time listeners, grizzled ancients, <laughs> welcome back. Grizzled ancients. Grizzled ancients. I like that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We are the Big Blue Box podcast team giving you news, reviews, Commentaries and all sorts of waffle and other rubbish on, mm-hmm. on Doctor Who on a weekly basis. So thank you for joining us. How have you been, buddy? I've been good, thanks. Yes. Um, a bit quiet after the excitement of the last few weeks. Uh, no no celebrity meetings or anything uh, like that for me this week. But um, yeah, not much going on. I am sat here waiting for the 500th issue of the Doctor Who magazine to be crushed through my letterbox. So I'm just, just keep checking the door as we're recording to see if I can see... Anything pop through, but uh, yeah, apart from that, not much going on. How about you? Uh, what I've been up to, not much over the last week, really, um, in terms of Doctor Who. Um, I stuck on an old Pertwee episode. Oh, really? Yeah, just because it's, it's 20 years, it, it was 20 years, wasn't it, last, was it Saturday or Sunday since he passed away? Mm. Um, and I saw a load of uh, tweets on Facebook and stuff, and I thought, yes, let's put, let's put some Pertwee on, so that's uh, Planet of the Spiders. Oh, yeah, I saw your picture, yeah. Yeah. I've got. I really like the episode. I know some people bash it a bit, but I don't know. I just think he's very, very cool in it. I just. I always think of the the voices of the uh, of the big spider, the main, the main <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that one for a while, actually. Um, we haven't reviewed it. I think you might have done it um, before I joined, didn't you? Wasn't that one of your very first reviews? Oh, I'm Way not sure. Way back when, or am I? Yeah, I seem to remember you did it. Yeah, the spiders? Are you sure? Yeah, you sure? I think you did. Yeah, before I before I jumped on board the TARDIS with you, um, um, when you were sat talking to yourself. Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, that was way back, episode five. Yeah, I remember listening to it. Yeah. Hello, welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. <laughs> My name is Gary, and I'll be talking to you about things. Uh, yes, so that's way back when. So yeah, we yeah. should do that at some point. Yeah, we'll do it. Yes, yeah, be a good one to do. It's a good one. Uh, not much else really. Oh, I finally got my package through. You know, um, this is going back two or three weeks now. Uh, when we were doing the, what have you been up to? And what have you ordered and stuff? Mm. Um, I'd found the um, the Tom Baker um, limited a dish pop Funko the jelly. You know, he's got his hand out with the jelly beans instead yeah. of the Sonic with slightly different uh, costume. Because um, I've been shopping around for a while. And I couldn't find it under under fifteen quid. Um, and the reason why, because 
I don't mind paying 15 quid for a Pop Funko if it's pretty good. But the reason why I wanted to hunt around a bit, because I remember seeing it, I think it was in Forbidden Planet on a special somewhere. And I saw it for, I think it was 12 quid. So I thought if I've seen it for that, I'm going to try and find it for that. And I'm not going to pay a, a penny more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I found, I found it on Zavi. I found oh, it on right. Zavi for like, I think it was 12.99 in the end. Yeah, but they, um, they don't charge postage, do they? Which is good. Which is cool, yeah. So I ordered that. It's a few weeks ago now. Um, ordered it with um, uh, a DVD uh, box as well. You probably saw the photo on Instagram. I did, whatever. yeah. And um, it, it was just one of those things where it just vanished. So you know their delivery schedules for these places. They normally just say three to five working days or whatever it is. Mm. Um, but just I did nothing just for three weeks. That happened with the blu-ray for spirit of space didn't it it just kind of like vanished yes and you, it makes you panic then because you're thinking oh what's happened are they not getting stock what um yeah, yeah. so i do know what you mean yes mm-hmm. finally arrived though and it looks awesome and i was I really pleased to see the dvd you picked up as well because um i think oh, ages ago I, I remember talking to you about that saying we should do Sharda at some point and yes and um and that so i was really pleased you picked that up because i love the second dvd that comes of it more than 30 years in a tardis i just mm-hmm. i just love sticking it on um and uh, i don't know have you had a chance to watch it yet no not yet no well you uh, you're in for a treat because it's a real good celebration of like the classic era um and i was i was just so chuffed when i saw you got it because i just thought oh you're gonna you know there's gonna be stuff on there you haven't seen and it's gonna intrigue you to then <laughs> go and find out what what's that from because i even i i mean i i think i've seen yeah i must i mean i've got every dvd so over time i've seen everything that's come out um but there are there are bits on that dvd that even i was sort of watching thinking what's that clip from <laughs> that looks brilliant yeah you know and of course then you go and find it oh yes right yeah you know it's it's that you know, but they've got little tiny little outtake bits at the end and um loads of just little bits that you perhaps have sort of been lost over time that they've dug up and, and put on there so it's a really great little dvd that i'm i'm just looking forward to you seeing it so i can waffle to you about it really um, okay. and i was hoping i'd get a chance to, to watch it as well because as soon as i saw you'd bought it i was like wow oh, i've got to watch that i haven't watched that for a while i love that dvd <laughs> i've got to go and put, put that on now um and i just haven't had a chance uh this week but um but I, i'm going to rewatch that again uh, okay. this week for sure because i just i need that nostalgic uh fix that that DVD will give me. So I can't wait for you to watch it. I just want to, I just want to chat about it. It's my weekend uh, viewing. Yeah, and Shard, I mean Sharda's yep. interesting as well. Obviously, hmm. there's some good extras on Sharda, um, from what I remember. Um, so yeah, and cool. we'll, we'll have to review that at some point. It's not on the schedule, but we will have to do that one at some point. I think. Of course, yeah. Because so, it'll be a strange one to do. Because obviously, it's like Tom narrating it, the bits that are missing, and it's all yeah, it's a bit of an odd release, but okay, it'll be a good one to do. Yeah, of course. So glad I got that through. And yeah. Zavi's very strange as well with their customer <laughs> service. There's no actual person, if you know, from the outside world looking in. There's no actual <laughs> people there because there's no phone number. Um, so you just have to email them and you get this automated response, yeah. which is like a million lines long. And you have to read through that and try and find out whereabouts you need to contact people and so on. Um, and I managed to get a, a reply from somebody. And basically, it just said, um, "Just be patient." <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> there wasn't. Oh. It, it wasn't a case of, "Oh, let me check for you and I'll see what's happened" <laughs> or anything like that. It was a case of, uh, "Yes, 
it's probably on its way. Um, but just be patient. If you've not had it in you know a month's time, whatever, let us know and then we'll help you. But because I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't send like a scathing email or anything like that. It was just uh, uh, the delivery time said, I think it was three to five working days or something. Not had it yet. Uh, just could you have a check, see what's going on? And it was basically you've 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 been impatient. So little life lesson. Wait yeah. a bit longer before you uh, contact us. I was like, okay. Yeah, it doesn't exactly fill you, fill you with confidence, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it's good to know it's arrived and all is well. Indeed. Um, yeah, and and it is a good one. Yeah, and I'm trying to order, well, I'm, so I'm trying to order. I'm waiting to order the other, the other Blu-ray box sets for um, the, uh, the current series. So I've got Series 1, Eccleston on Blu-ray, the box set. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm waiting for Series 2 to 4 to drop down and it's very weird because the pricing for them in some places is unbelievable so mm. in hmv they're still 35 quid each um it's a lot isn't it and one i pick, yeah and i picked the first one up for 20 quid um i think i got it from amazon and i've got this um this little app on my on my mac that tracks like amazon things so it alerts you when things drop in price and I've had these alerts pop up over the last few days. So it went down from 35 quid to 25 quid to 22 quid to 19.99. So when it dropped to 19.99, I thought, well, I'll jump on there. But there must have been a glitch somewhere because it wasn't that. It was 25 quid still. Yeah. And then I checked it today and it's 40 quid. Oh, I wouldn't know. Honestly, it, I can't believe it. It's Because um, they've been out for a while now. So you wouldn't expect them to be launch prices still. You'd expect them to have fallen a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I mean, it's been they've been out long enough now. Yeah. yeah, but they're consistently quite high, especially if you go to HMV or some other places. So I think Amazon's still the cheapest, but they're quite. Uh, if I hadn't, if I didn't own them at all, then I would maybe pay twenty five quid for them. But seeing as I've got them on DVD already, and I've got some of them digitally as well, this is more just of a completest thing, really. And I've, yeah, the main thing for me for these re releases of these series on on Blu Ray is really the sound mix. Because the audio on the Blu-rays is quite a big jump up, mm. whereas the picture quality is not not a huge jump up because it was it's an upscale effectively, isn't it? It was filmed in standard def, so That's right. it's not going to be that big night and day difference. But the audio on them, the surround mix is really good compared to the D. I mean, DVDs are okay, but for some reason they've really sort of gone all out on the audio. Yeah. So I really want them for that because if you're going to have a little mini marathon. You're going to shove it through the surround amp and, you know, you want it to be cool. So I'm waiting for those to drop down a wee bit more. Um, so if anybody sees them knocking around, because I know a lot of our listeners are into the whole, um, are into merch and they send us tweets and stuff to say, oh, have you seen this at this price? So if you guys know of anywhere that, that's selling these box sets, so I'm after series two to four. Mm. If you see them for 20 quid or under, please let me know. And I'll, uh, I'll jump on again. You know what's annoying though? When, when, Amazon drop it to ninety nine nine. You'll then have to pay postage because they don't do free postage on anything under twenty quid anymore. Because I've fell for that before. I've been like, oh great, they've reduced something, and I go to add it to basket, and it adds on like three or four quid postage. I'm like, ah, oh. it's a real killer that. Yeah. And, um, they've actually, I'll be honest with you, they've actually lost quite a bit of sort of trade from me personally because I, I, I used to buy a lot from Amazon, I have to be honest. I used to buy loads of stuff when they were free postage. Um, but this thing of 
of getting over 20 quid really irks me because very often I'll just be a couple of pound under and then I have to yeah. pay postage and I just cancel it. I just, I get really cross about it, probably more cross than I should, but yeah, I, I wish I'd just get rid of that thing because so many places do free postage. You just, as soon as, as soon as they add it on, I just go somewhere else. I just find it cheaper somewhere else. <laughs> you know, and saying, oh, I'm not paying that. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, Amazon, it used to be 10 pounds, didn't it? It used to be 10, yeah. Anything over 10, you get, yeah. yeah. Um, but Amazon have got to make their money. Oh, no, surprisingly, oh, yeah. I didn't know this, they they don't make a lot of money from their retail side of things. I think they make quite a bit of money through Kindle and Amazon oh, right, Prime yeah. and stuff, but just general online retail, they make very little. So, Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I see, I feel bad now. You should do. <laughs> I didn't know that. You should go on there now and order a load of stuff to make up for it. Well, their, their, their prices jump around like beans. <laughs> I mean, do, I, was, yeah. I, I had my eye on, a, on an old um, our DVD uh, there's this thing I watched as a kid. It's, uh, so I don't want to pay a lot for it because I know it will just be a nostalgic buy. Um, uh, what's it, BFI thing? No, not Thundercats. Oh, yeah, that was a, that's <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, it sort of jumped from nine quid and I was about to buy it but couldn't find anything to bump it up to 20. And then it jumped up to like 24.99. And I was wow. like, oh, I'm not paying that. So yeah, they did. But that was literally within a day. I just l- left it there for a day and it, it changed. So. I can imagine yeah. you having a Victor Meldrew moment. <laughs> Love I'm not paying that. Yeah, I don't believe don't it. Believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yes. know what? That um, I'm sorry to go off track. But I've got to tell you, I I bought the box set of One Foot in the Grave about a month ago. Oh, you told me you loved that, didn't and you? And it is it, <laughs> just because I remember liking the old episode. It has become one of my favourite. It's the best fifteen pounds I've spent this year. Is I have just loved. It is so much better than I remember. Right, like the writing in it is brilliant. I really love, love that series, um, and I see a lot of myself in Victor Meldrum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, um, just get off track. Uh, just getting back to Doctor Who because we are a Doctor Who podcast, of course, um, not an Amazon podcast or mm-hmm. a One Finger Grave podcast. Uh, have you picked up the new? Not yet. Sonic yet? Not yet. Oh, that's what I was trying to get it to make that that sound. Ah, the new one. I was trying to get it to do the little uh, the new sounds. Ah, yeah. So yes. you, haven't, you haven't got it yet. I've not been out to like physical shops or anything yet so i haven't got the new sonic haven't got the new talk to magazine yet i've just not been out all right well it's going to be everywhere soon because um those i mean it's already like nearly two weeks since it came out because you know toys r us sort of had the monopoly on it yeah um but within the next week or so everybody should be getting it so like fp and and all that so you Uh should be able to get it fairly easily soon because i know a lot of people are um are buying off ebay for quite high prices at the minute it's like 30 40 quid people have been paying for it um, and I sort of feel like saying to him, oh, I mean, I'm the worst for being patient. Don't get me wrong. I, I have to have it now. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I got my dad to drive me to get it and stuff. I'm really impatient with stuff. But, but yeah, for the sake of like saving a bit of dosh, it should be fairly easy to get very yeah, soon. Yeah, I was going to say, just wait a, a week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Straight. Yeah, if you've got a Toys R Us near you, it should, you should be able to get it. Yeah. Cool beans. It's good. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to um, news and merch. Uh, a couple of updatey things. Um, first of all, the newsletters started to go out now. Oh, the newsletter. So the yeah. weekly newsletter. So thank you to all you guys that have signed up um, over the last month or so um, when we first announced it. As is typical with me, it's a case of, at the time, it will sign up to the newsletter because it's going out next week. Uh, so six to eight weeks later, it's finally rocking and rolling so uh, if you haven't signed up yet head over to the website uh, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk forward slash uh, register I 
think the address is. Um, and yeah, so you will get a shiny. Uh, so it's not register, subscribe. Thought better check that. Big Blue Box Podcast at cut UK <laughs> forward slash subscribe. And you get a shiny new um, uh, email into your inbox every week telling you what we've <laughs> done on the show and other little tidbits and waffle, which we're Brilliant. most famous for. Mm. Yes, we are. Yeah. So it's not register. <laughs> If you go no, to I that visions of people sort of making a note of it and then just get into that and the pen going down the page. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do not go to forward slash register because no. you'll just get a picture of David Tennant in the library holding his glasses with that puzzled look, <laughs> and that'll get you nowhere. So subscribe, it's the one. Um, and also, the last couple of days we've we've been talking about doing some big finish stuff. Yeah, on the show, and. Um, I put this poll out on Twitter and Facebook to say, look, what do you guys feel about this? Because, um, and I'm glad I did because we had some, we had a, a few hundred votes over Twitter and Facebook combined. So plenty of you voted, which is excellent. Thank you very much. The majority was a yes. I think, I think overall, I think it's about 85% or 86% of you want us to do big finish reviews, which is great. And there was the other remaining was just a, a, a no thank you, um, which is also valid point so thank you very much um but because it's such a huge swing towards the yes um we are going to do a big finish review however we're going to leave it a, a week because we were going to do um the new 10th doctor adventure next week as yeah. a review but a load of you made a very good point and that is uh, the whole spoiler thing so um when we come around to do it next week uh, sorry uh, the week after next it should have been out. Hold on. Is, would it would have been out three weeks at that point or two? Uh, de- no, it should be. S- ooh, hang on. One, two. No, it'd be three, won't it? It'd three be three weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because we were talking before the show. Oh, it's, it would have been out two weeks then. But I've just thought about mm. it. No, it's three weeks. Three weeks. Week after yeah. next year. So we feel that that's kind of enough time that's gone past um, for the whole spoiler thing. Um, but we will put a big caveat before we start the review. So we'll say, right, we're, now we're going to crack on with our review. Um, it will contain, we're not going to go into a massive amount of detail because we don't do that anyway when we review no. like the normal episodes, but there will be spoilers there. So we feel that, you know, after, you know, just over three weeks, so practically nearly a month has gone by since this has been out by the time you guys will get around to listening to it. Um, yeah, so we're going to, so we're not, so we are going to do it, but not next week as planned. We're going to do, uh, another normal classic story because it's modern who this week we're going to do classic mm. who next week the week after will be big finish the 10th doctor adventures yeah and it's good because i mean the thing is you even though even if you don't get a chance to listen to 10th doctor adventures but you still want to get our get our thoughts on it um you know just download the podcast after you listen to it that's that's a good thing i mean you haven't got a you don't have to because we we've got a we've got a listener called joe sweeney who um who is watching dot two from the beginning? Yeah. So he's sort of listening to our, he he does but he doesn't want to listen to our podcast until he watches the episode, which is absolutely understandable because obviously he doesn't want it ruined. So he does that. He'll he'll watch the episode and then download our, our podcast. So yeah, you can always do that. Don't think oh no, but I won't have listened to it by then. You know, just if if you want to, you know, just do it at your own leisure. Just go back, absolutely. go back in time. Yeah, jump at the TARDIS. You can download it and listen to it after you've 
listen to it yeah but yes. i am looking forward to talking about it i was a bit yeah i was a bit hesitant when you first mentioned it because i was thinking audio is a very different thing to review uh, it might not sound it but it's you know so there's nothing sort of visual to take from it you can't talk about it you know certain things but actually yeah. now i've um finished the set i'm actually quite looking forward to talking about it yeah yes. yeah so it's going to be good yeah so i hope that's cool of you guys um because you've we've had lots of requests over the last year loads of requests about just just big finish in general when are you going to start reviewing them? Can you recommend stuff? All that. So there is clearly a want for it, but we do understand, obviously, that we don't want to. You don't. We don't want to review this too close to launch. The whole yeah. spoiler thing. So there we go. That's that. That's that. That's that then. That's, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Rightio. Uh, I think we should land the TARDIS and get into some news, buddy. Yes, let's do it. Commentaries. We spoke about um, one of these a while back. I'm pretty sure we did a few months ago. We did. Web of Fear, I think. Yes. And there's another one. Web of Fear and... Uh, Enemy of the World. Yes. So Phantom Publishing, um, which is part of the very cool um, Phantom events. Mm. The same people that put on those really great little events over in Chiswick and some other places. Um, so they've got another part of the business called phantom publishing and uh, they're bringing out another two um independent commentaries for doctor who the classic stuff and um the first one so essentially what it is they they contact like the because the, the ones they did for web of fear and enemy of the world is exactly the same deal as this where they contacted people who were involved in the show back then uh, get them in a room into it in a studio uh, stick the episode on and then they'll just talk through it and give you their insights and behind the scenes and and all that very, very good stuff. Yeah, so it's to sort of fill in the gap because, like, those releases didn't have any extras at all, did they? That's right. Um, yeah. So these, what they're basically doing is filling that gap where the DVDs that didn't have commentaries, they've they're basically provided one for, which is which is a great idea, actually. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing exactly the same thing now. So they're going to do it with uh, the demons, mm. which is very, very. We reviewed that, and we love the demons. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so, and I'm really pleased they're doing this because it was quite disappointing. The, the sort of extras on that DVD because it took quite a while to come out. It was one of the mm. sort of later releases and it's such a classic story. Um, so, yeah, it's really, I'm really pleased they're doing a commentary for this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to grab that. Yeah. That'll be good. And the second one is Day of Armageddon, which is an interesting mm. one because mm. uh, that's the one where um, it's not complete, is it? It's not complete, no. Yeah. Um, so, these are, they've, I like the way they've, references they've called them orphaned uh, episodes <laughs> which is quite good so um and these are both moderated by uh toby haydock yeah which is uh if you if you've ever listened to um the uh, the big finish podcast or if you've ever uh, been to an event where toby's um hosting he's such a funny guy um he's no, he's super knowledgeable about doctor who isn't he he knows his doctor oh, yeah. who inside out but he's really funny with it so really good that he's on board to kind of keep the flow going and yeah inject a bit of comedy there um and these are going to be released in um when are they going to hmm. be released we always do this we get to it because it's going to be released in uh sometime very soon very soon yeah, <laughs> yeah. um it doesn't actually say 
That's no, not our fault this time. It doesn't actually say when they're coming. <laughs> um, but it, it will be soon because the artwork's done for the album covers and, and all that jazz. So, yes, you can pre-order them now. Um, and I will find out right now for you, actually, when they're coming. Okay, and while you do that, I'll tell it, I'll tell the listeners who, who's on it. So, Go on Diana the Armageddon, um, we've got uh, Peter Purvis uh, and Brian Hodgson, who does all the sound designs and things. Uh, and they're doing doing the episodes Dalek's Master Plan, Galaxy 4 Airlock, and the Celestial Toymaker, the final test. So, I'd love, yeah, Celestial Toymaker is a, a great one. I'll be interested in the comment on that. And then the Demons, um, this is really good. We've got Katie Manning and John Levine. Uh, back together um, uh, along with script editor Terence Dix so that's going to be really good yeah. and there's lots of other people on there as well but they're just sort of like the main the main people um, so they're going to be really good commentaries I think good I, lo- I love, the, yeah. love the thought of Katie and John back together for the demons that'd be brilliant awesome yeah uh, they're coming out in June actually so very, June. very oh, soon right. yeah yeah. Uh, so there'll be a tenner each if you want to buy the CD um, or actually no 10.99 for the CD and 9.99 if you want the download and they're also going to do a special edition bundle, um, which I think is both of them together, which will be 40 quid. I'm not sure what's in the special edition just yet, but yeah. It might, maybe that's the other two as well, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. And you can order them from, and you can order the other ones as well. So the Web of Fear and the Enemy of the World uh, from whotalk.co.uk. Yeah. I've yes. got both the, the other two. I've got the Web of Fear and the Enemy of the World, and I have to say they're really good. They are, they're really, you know, like I said, you stick on the DVD, just put this, you know, I put them on my iPhone so I could listen to them along at the same time. Yeah, it's interesting. Good stuff. So, right, okay, in other news, um, those of you who are lucky to be off this bank holiday weekend, um, <laughs> if you can get down to the Doctor Who experience, they've got some great little things going on over the bank holiday. Um, oh, I, I, I wish I lived closer to Cardiff, don't you, Gary? Because I'd love to just be able to nip down to this. Yeah. This is, is going to be brilliant. So they basically, they've announced a few themes and events that are going to take place over the bank holiday, this bank holiday, 28th of May through to the 4th of June. Uh, first of all, we're going to get um, the costume worn by Pearl Mackey or Bill uh, in a little intro video. So that's quite good because I know a lot of people have been yeah. trying to work out all the little patches yeah. that she had on there. So that's going on display. Uh, the TARDIS memorial for Clara um, that Rigsy sprayed up in that, that alleyway at the end of oh, nice um, yep. Base the Raven. That's actually going on display. They had that there when I was there, but it was sort of part of the TARDIS tour. But now it's going to be properly on display. This next thing is really, really cool. Um, they've got the original Davros prop from Genesis of the Daleks, wow. which uh, I can imagine was probably in a bit of a state, and they've <laughs> it's been restored um, by FX designer Mike Tucker, um, using, and he's also unearthed some of the earliest headcasts that oh, wow. he could find right. for it. So that's quite exciting. I'd like to go down just to see that, I think, hmm. really. And um, also... On, on over the bank holiday, they're going to be having people on hand to transform visitors into Zygons. So I can imagine that'll be quite, quite interesting. And they're encouraging a lot of people to go as uh, cosplayers and to tweet pictures, um, uh, you know, in their cosplay there as well. So there's quite a lot going on over this this bank holiday weekend at the Doctor Experience. If you can get down to it, it's a brilliant place to go for a Who fan. I mean, you could, oh, I could have spent the entire day in there. I think I literally had to be dragged out. I loved it. So yeah. Mm. Get get down there if you can. And I like that it's always changing as well. Yeah. It's never that if you um unless you're like Tom Dix, of course, from Epic Who, 
He seems to go in there on a weekly basis. He's probably He's so, camping so outside. Close to yeah. It. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and if you leave it um, maybe a few months in between visits, maybe not even that long because they do change it quite regularly. There's always something new to see because um, they'd always have the regular stuff like all the doctor's costumes and various TARDISes and um, the Dalek molds and all the original props and that stuff. But things like this where um, they've got Pearl Mackey's costume and especially, yeah, like you say, mate, the, the Davros prop is going to be pretty pretty special. The original, yeah, the original Genesis Davros, yeah. yeah. So they're always adding stuff and moving stuff around. So it's worth it. And if you haven't been... Um, like we've said many times before, when they're doing things like this over the bank holiday, it's one of the best times to go because you do get a lot of cosplayers there and the atmosphere is really good. And there's loads to see now, loads and loads. Like you say, you spend the whole day there reading every card and it, I'll tell you, everything. It, yep. It's just one treat after another. And I mean, yeah, you, you just you walk out onto like the, the set from, you know, like the first Doctor's console is there as sort of as you come out of the... Mm -hmm first bit and I don't, I don't want to go too much into that actually because i don't want it to ruin for people but it is just like yeah it's just who heaven in that place so and like you said it's great that they they keep changing up and um and i think you'd agree with me that you could spend <laughs> probably just as much time in the brilliant shop there yeah. as you could in the experience because the shop oh wow it is like oh just just have your wallet with you when you yeah. go because there's so much good stuff in there yeah the yeah. good thing about the shop is that it's quality over quantity in there definitely it's not yeah. a huge shop like you would expect it's not like a, a forbidden planet size thing it's quite a small shop but they've got really good stuff in there and stuff yeah. that they don't release to um retailers either so forbidden planet and those people they've got some exclusive stuff there you can only buy at the experience so it's absolutely worth going I got my little six doctor cat badge from there, which is um, not that easy to get over here. Uh, so little bits like that. I mean, I was so chuffed with it. It's just in a little Doctor Who box and it's proper official, you know, BBC release. <laughs> and yeah, just little bits like that. They got loads of it. And they, they also, they're not bad on price because I know um, one of our listeners' cousins, he, you know, uh, Callum, he um, picked up the confession dial, the closed version. Um, and I think he got it for about... 60 quid or something like that which is really good compared to the online price because you know we were saying a couple of weeks back about ad, how they add on VAT and then postage okay. I just did it after we were talking just to see how much it added on it actually works out about 15 quid on top of the the price um, online so you know if you can actually get to experience and get the things physically there you actually get them for quite a good price as well so yeah good if stuff. only we could get down there get over there yeah Land the TARDIS there, Gary. Let's go. Let's go now. <laughs> Let's go now, yeah. Last up in the news, um, this is a really good thing. So in terms of magazines over the years, um, there's not many that stick around for too long, is there? Let's be honest. Magazines, I think the longest magazine other than the one we're talking about, I think it's been around for about 12 years. It's just an old computing magazine. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's one well, probably longer than that, maybe 18 years or so. I think it's Games Master, the old video game magazine. There used to be a program of it as well. Uh, Doctor Who magazine. They're not taking any crap. They're like, we've been around the longest. We want it proved. Guinness Book of Records turned up. There you go. Yeah. Have a frame bang. certificate. Uh, so 36 years. Wow. That continuous is... publishing for Doctor Who magazine. That is really good going, actually. That's pretty good. So as you guys will be fully aware now, if you subscribe to the magazine, I think it should be dropping through your letterbox today. 
Is it today, the 26th of May? It should be today. Yeah, so yep. Very often it arrives early. I was really, really hoping it'd be <laughs> waiting for me when I got home from work last night, and it wasn't. I was terribly disappointed because if I subscribe, so quite often it turns up the day before. Not always, but yeah. yeah but it's officially released today, which is Thursday when we're recording, which will be yesterday so, if yeah, you're if listening you're, on the release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the 500th issue wow. goes out today, which is quite uh, quite astonishing, really. If you think about physical magazines, because like I said earlier, so many magazines that were around for a long time kind of uh, fizzle out. They fizzle out because, um, well, for a number of reasons, really. One, people just don't really buy many physical magazines these days because they've transitioned to digital stuff. Uh, so newsstand on the iPad and all that stuff. Um, but Doctor Who, they're just relentless. Doctor Who magazine, they just keep coming. And one of the things that I found um, that really put a big smile on my face, um, when they were doing the voting, so you could go through and vote on your favourite cover in batches of 50 from the first issue right up to the last one. Mm. Um, it's just, it's, it's always something interesting to make you pick up the magazine. And even when we get into like, even in the last few months, they still had features on classic doctors, all that stuff. It's just, I don't know. It just puts a smile on your face when you're going through all of those covers and there's no trend. They don't, they don't, they don't think, right, we've, we've done all the classic year and all the classic doctors, which now just about newer dog two and all that. They still, cause I think going back a few months now, they had like a big feature on, Sylvester McCoy, he was on the front. Mm. Um, and it, it, I just love it. I just love the fact that they're just into everything to do with Doctor Who. And I think the 500th issue, issue is going to be, because um, it's the bigger bumper issue, isn't it? It's a tenor. It's, it's a crack. Yeah, yeah, it's a cracker. They've got loads of extra stuff. Now's the week. This week is the one where you don't want your postman to start don't don't even crumpling no. yeah i've just got vision i know i keep checking it i just got visions of, but no this is this is looking like one hell of an issue and let's not forget these guys survived that hiatus as well you know these guys like you said they've been going you know 36 years it is an achievement because like even you know for a magazine to keep going when the show's off air as well when when you know you know, the figures were dwindling and all that. These guys have done really well. And obviously it picked up again when the show came back in 2005, a lot of new people uh, who probably never even picked up an issue before um, uh, are probably now subscribed to this. So yeah, it's a real good achievement. Um, the 500 issue, like you said, looks brilliant. I don't mm -hmm. know exactly what you get with it, but it looks like you get like a souvenir brochure of some sort. Yep. They've recreated the original first issues cover, which was originally Tom Baker with a Dalek. They've got we've got Peter Capaldi with a Dalek in the same pose, same backdrop, free transfer stickers. It says I'm hoping that's a real thing. Um, I assume it is. I think so. Uh, yep. Just like the original first issue of the magazine. Um, yeah, I I just can't wait for it to to drop through the letterbox. I really, yeah, even if it's crumpled, I just can't wait to get <laughs> this issue. Yeah, if it is crumpled, I will be battering the postman over the head with it uh, naturally. But I, I just can't <laughs> wait to get it. Yeah, looks yeah. They they had a they had a party last night. I saw on Twitter. Um, I'm I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of sore heads this morning from the um from the people behind the scenes at Doctor Magazine because they had a big celebration yeah. last night yeah. i don't know where it was but i saw this horse the Stephen moffat was there um you know all the who gang were there so yeah yeah it's good they had the guinness world records thing up and that's it yeah it was all good and it really is a, a good um a good uh, reason to celebrate something else to do with doctor who 
And one of the things that um, is is pretty amazing, which you just said, is that they just kept going, even through the hiatus when there was nothing going on. Yeah. A bit like us now, really. <laughs> a bit like us and other podcasts and other people who are trying to put content out about Doctor Who when there's just really not much going on until we get news through of when the new series starts filming and all that stuff. They were the same. They just kept going. You yeah. know, there was nothing new going on, but every... And also no sign know. that it was coming back as well. Think about that. They just kept plowing on. They, you know, back then, back in the sort of 90s or whatever, they just hadn't... There was no sign that Doctor Who was ever going to come back, but they still kept going, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great. You know, and I suppose the fans, you know, played a part in that, keeping it going. So, yeah, yeah. it is, is good. So if you don't subscribe to the magazine or you've not picked up uh, Doctor Who magazine before... This would be a good one to, uh, to even if you're not even if you're not planning on buying them regularly. This would be a good one to pick up as a as a one to keep. I oh, would yeah. say it's going to have loads of stuff in it. So, uh, huge, massive congratulations to uh, everybody at Dog Two Magazine. Um, it's quite an achievement. It's pretty good. It is indeed. Uh, right, shall we call uh, uh, Daleks? I can see them out there somewhere. They're bang. They've been going nuts for ten minutes to come in. <laughs> Let's get them in and do some merch. Okay. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. You like these mystery boxes, don't you? I do. Yes, I do like the the. Is this the the geek? This is like the um. What do they call it? Like the Zavi box, and what's the other really yeah. popular one? Uh, loot crate um, and loot crate. That's stuff, what yeah. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Don't try and play it down. <laughs> no, it's I've like, never bought a loot crate. It's like no. you you like these mystery boxes. You're like, yeah, they're right. No, no, no. I don't tell you what, play I this thinking, down. Everyone, I that, <laughs> Adam is what he goes. You go nuts for blind bags, mystery boxes. Come on, oh, yeah, don't yeah. be shy. No, but my my enthusiasm <laughs> was com- almost completely um, destroyed by the the Zavi one. <laughs> oh, right. So I do yeah. love these, but uh, yeah, my enthusiasm has been dampened because the Zavi Doctor Who one was. Uh, well, if anyone wants to know, just watch my video on it <laughs> when I unboxed it because it was a real disappointment. So, yes. um, so yeah, yeah I, I kind of like, I feel like I've been scorned um, and I'm not quite sure when I'm going to get over it. So I don't know if I'm going to be buying this. But anyway, let's tell the listeners about it. Let's so see you, might, we... you might be able to get a second bite at the, at the cherry with this one. So a completely different company, a company called My Geek Box. Yeah. Uh, they're doing a Doctor Who themed collector's box which is limited to a 1,000 units uh, very soon. Uh, it's coming up middle of June, priced at thirty four ninety nine. You may think, yeah, but I paid that. How much was the Zavi one? Was that 30 quid? That was 30 quid, yeah. yeah. Um, and all you got was a pack of mints. <laughs> yeah, because you had everything worth else. about two quid. I yeah. think, yeah, the best thing about the Zavi box, let's be, let's be honest, was the box. It was. It, on, it, <laughs> it, all, honestly, it honestly was. It came in a cool blue a uh, cardboard box with the TARDIS in the front. You opened it up and had the TARDIS console. Yeah, the box was lovely, uh, but Indeed. not 30 quid's worth, no. So this one might be slightly... Uh, let, let me just uh, take ourselves out of the loop of blame for a second. If anyone does buy this and it turns out to be not that mm-hmm. great, we don't know what's in it either. No. Um, however, all we know is that the company called My Geek Box, um, which is looking to kind of break into this whole blind box, mystery box uh, uh, market, um, where you can subscribe or you can buy individual boxes 
uh, and so on. This one is the Doctor Who themed one. It's out the middle of June, and all we know is it's got over one hundred pounds worth of Doctor Who collectibles, novelty items, gifts, and whatever for thirty-five quid. Yeah, heard that before. Um, <laughs> yeah, because the Zavi one was supposed to include loads of exclusives you couldn't get anywhere, and it was supposed to be like a hundred quid's worth, and it definitely wasn't. Um, like you said, this is a different company. I have no idea. This could be fantastic for all we know. Um, I'll be honest with you, I would have bought it i would have fell for it like i always do uh the only thing that's stopping me is that you sort of have to go through the faff of subscribing and then unsubscribing to get it whereas the zavi one you could just literally just buy it um right so if i could literally just go online and buy this one i'd probably do it you I'd can just say, you can buy this this one yeah but then you've got unsubscribing do all that stuff it's not like yeah. you can't just purchase the one thing and yeah now you have to sort of subscribe oh, right. to it. i don't know it's a little bit more complicated um so yeah so i'm not going to bother unless unless i see that it's got something really really good in it oh, okay. um, right yeah you know, in which case i'll probably will go through through all that trauma uh but uh, now i'm going to wait and see what's in it to be honest Okay, yeah. fair enough. Because you've been burnt before, you don't want to. Well, it's thirty-five yeah. quid as well. It's not cheap, is it? It's not. It's quite a lot. Thirty-five quid. Yes. Mm. Are if, you are you at all tempted? I mean, you don't really do these. No. Things, do you? No, because it's too much. It's too much of a gamble. With with stuff like this, um, I wouldn't subscribe to them anyway, um, purely because uh, there are some boxes where I'm probably just not that interested. I mean, they've got. To be fair, I mean, they've got some pictures on the site where they've got previous boxes and what you've got in them. Um, they look pretty decent. They though. don't look too bad. I think okay. I think the trouble with these things is that they can only fit so much into one of these boxes of that size. Mm. And that typically consists of the same thing from each company. They all do very similar things where it's a Pop Funko, a T-shirt, um, a comic or a magazine, and then just some little fiddly key ring crappy bits so yeah i'm not sure this one might be good because it is limited to a thousand that's the only difference with this one compared to the other ones that you would normally mm. get if you subscribe it's a limited edition thing so whether that's just a little salesy pitch to get you to buy it i'm really not sure but if anyone does buy it uh send us a little unboxing vid or you review on it or something yeah It'd be interesting i well when's it actually out because i must admit i am intrigued by it 14th of june Okay, cool. I will be keeping an eye on it just to see. Yeah, yes. but um, we'll see. All right, talking of talking of blind boxes, um, Titans have released um, <laughs> images of their next range. Uh, <laughs> it's called the Good Man Collection. These are little um, three-inch figures that you get in a blind box. Uh, so... Now these I do do like. I, yeah. The ones they've done, the ones they've done previously, I've bought a hell of a lot of these. But these I'm look looking- rubbish. I'm looking at this this <laughs> new range, the Goodman Collection. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. Come on, they look mate. blimmin' awful. The uh, only, well, the they're only... not awful, but a lot of them look terrible. There's yeah. only three that I'd want out of this lot. Okay, uh, that's the the both the two doctors. Yeah, one in his Stetson and the green his green coat. The other one um, in the mauve Stetson and the mauve get up with the the waistcoat and the pocket watch and so on. And most of all, Tom Baker as the curator. The yeah, old but Tom he's Baker. one of the worst looking. He yeah, looks absolutely nothing like Tom Baker. I get, I get that. However, out of the entire set, they're better than... Because the, the set itself has got Amy and Rory, who look very, very bad. Yeah, Amy looks like she's seen a ghost. River she Song looks, looks identical to all the other River Songs. 
It does with that. What's she got on her head? Yeah. The hair looks like someone spilt porridge all over it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Clara looks mm. absolutely nothing like Clara whatsoever. No. Uh, Canton. Who the hell wants a Canton figure? Exactly. Uh, oh. And then Vastra looks bloody dreadful. Uh, I don't G think Vastra looks that bad, actually. Come on, dude. Uh, I think she's all right. Okay. Let me just uh, wind this up. Uh, they all look absolutely dreadful, apart from maybe the Doctor's and um yeah go on Invastra. yeah but, the curator you've got to admit looks nothing at all like i mean he looks i don't know who it looks like it just <laughs> doesn't look anything like tom baker they've tried well they've tried to make it look like the old old tom baker mm -hmm. but it doesn't really work however i'd want it just to complete the, just to the, have a curator figure the doctor lineup if you like because mm -hmm. he is still the doctor after all yeah um, but other than that these look pretty awful mate so i might be buying these well, I yeah, as I, I said, buy one, I, but... I love these. As you know, I love these Titan figures. I buy loads of them, um, and I normally get quite frustrated with the amount of duplicates I get. Um, I have to say, this set, and I do agree with you, looks really rubbish. Uh, I'll probably still buy some just because I'll have to, you know, because it's like a, a fix. I need to just get a couple. But I have to say, yeah, they're really, really not great. Um, the worst thing about this set for me is it feels so old hat. Mm -hmm. Like, how long ago was this... Was this story yeah. like you know? Do you know what I mean? These figures feel like they should have come out for three years ago, not now. They they feel really sort of out of date to me already. But um, I would love a curator figure, even though it looks a bit weird. Uh, I would love a curator figure, so I will be getting a couple just to try and get him. Um, I, there isn't any other figure that really interests me on that set, to be honest with you. Even the Doctor one uh, in the Stetson, he's about the only decent one, I think. Yeah, I want uh, the Doctors just as a, from a completist. Uh, point of view and the curator but that's it if i got one canton figure i'd be annoyed if i got two i'd snap their their heads off i'd be so uh, that would be if i if i ended up spending 18 quid because they're normally about eight quid each on mm -hmm. um and i ended up getting more than one canton figure i would just do my nut i think yeah <laughs> uh, so anyway but yeah, yeah good man collection um they don't look great i will be buying some because i'm a bit of a mug and i just want to try and get a couple of couple of them but yeah they ain't great no no moving on um if you're into your audio uh stories not big finish but stories being read on audio digital or cd take your pick um there's a, a new set coming out um in november called doctor who tales from the tardis mm. volume one and uh, this is a collection of stories read by the likes of John Pertwee. Wow. Peter Davison. Colin Baker. Mm. Nicola Bryant. Uh, Nicholas Courtney and Sophie Eldred. Yeah. So this is a very much a, um, uh, a trip back. These are the classic year stories read by um, folks from the classic years. And it's in a collection now. So volume one. And I, I really like the title, Tales from the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. It's got a, a, a timeless, excuse the pun, it's got a timeless um, sound to it. Really like it. I'm just not sure on the content. It could be pretty good. I don't know. I'm very interested to see, uh, to hear Curse of the Peladon, read by John Pertwee. Mm -hmm. That would be pretty good. Um, short stories or short trips, should we say, I've already got. Um, I've got those individually. Um, I don't know. What's Out of the Darkness? I don't know that one. 
out of the darkness. Because uh, mm. these are just, let's be clear, these are just, this is just a set bringing together some previously released material, wasn't it? It's it just, is, yeah. These have all been out before. Yeah, just collected. They've, yeah. they've just collected in this set, yeah. Yep. Is this the actual finished cover? Because it looks a bit naff to me. It is. Yep. Oh, is it? Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's all um, right. <laughs> it's all right. So if you're into um, uh, audio books rather than audio plays like Big Finish, uh, this might be good. Um, you're going to love the price as well. Nice and cheap at thirty pounds. Um, mm. Yes. Yeah, bit too much. Um, <laughs> I think I've probably got some of the old versions of these somewhere. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I'll be picking it up. But anyway, <laughs> moving on to an audio release, which I definitely will be picking up. And uh, we got news of this um, from Big Finish this week. Uh, this sounds very exciting to me. Um, they're going to release a collective cast audio of Torchwood which I think a few people have wanted because they've done they've done one series of Torchwood so far which is all individual um, characters so it's like one story is Captain Jack next mm -hmm. week is Eve Miles so um, so this is going to be some of the cast collected for the first time in a, in a box set yeah um, and it's going to be called Torchwood Outbreak which already sounds great uh, the cover to this one looks really good as well awesome, isn't it so the, the write-up for it, yeah, looks really good. It's uh, a city under siege, a virus on the loose, and Torchwood is ready. Uh, John Barrowman, Gareth David Lloyd, and these miles assemble in a three... In, oh, sorry, in a full-cast box set released in November this year. Uh, so this does sound really, really good. Indeed. Uh, it's good to get the guys together on one audio, because I, I must admit, I haven't got the Torchwood CDs that Big Fish had done. Um just just because I can't afford them at the minute, but I, I hear they're really good um, and I really want to get them. So I think I will definitely be getting this uh, when it comes out in November. Yeah. Yeah. And this is um, this is the good thing about Big Finish is that you do get it at a decent price if you pre-order. Yeah. So it's 20 quid at the moment. And I'm assuming, rightly or wrongly, that once it's launched, it will go up to probably 40 quid. Yeah, it's normally yep. 35, 40 quid, isn't it? Yep. So it's four, four discs set. So 20 quid's a good price for that. Yeah. yeah. So if you want it, jump on it now and pre-order. Um, and Big Finish have been pretty good over the last year or two with sending stuff out. I know you've had a couple of issues, but for me personally, they've normally delivered relatively quickly after launch. Yeah, um, they've not been too bad. I know you've had a couple of issues, but I'm not sure if that's Big Finish or your, your postman. <laughs> or postman, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you pre-order, you get the download straight away on launch day and then you should get the cd box set within the next week after that yeah that's what i've been getting the last year or so um so yeah i'm really looking forward to this like exactly the same as you i haven't been able to well i've not wanted to pony up the dough and get the torchwood stuff mm. alongside quite a bit of the doctor who stuff that i've got over the last few months um but this looks really good and the cover like you say is awesome it looks really good I'll tell you what, talk, talking of lack of cash as well, um, me and you have both said um, on a few occasions, you know, when are Big Finish going to do a Jago and Lightfoot sale? When are they going to do it? <laughs> and they finally did one. And I was just like, oh, it was just like the worst timing ever for me. I couldn't afford anything. Uh, I, don't, I was going to ask you if you picked anything up. No, they really should do these... Um End of the month. <laughs> they should do it at the start of the month after payday. Yeah, start they, of the month. Yeah. They would get a much... I think I'm pretty sure their sales would double if they did it after payday instead of just before. Yeah, I was um, looking at it thinking it's like a week and a half till they get paid, and I yeah. just can't because they only do it for like I did it for like a weekend, didn't they? Last weekend, um, but yeah, I'm sad to say I didn't get anything. But I 
I yeah. want to get into those Jago and Lightfoot audios. I know. Very frustrating when uh, that happens. But, you know, fair play. They've had some really good offers recently. They did um, a Paul McGann weekend um, a couple of weekends ago. Yeah, a lot cool. of his stuff, all the Dark Eyes box sets were 20 quid. Mm. And he did a load of his audios, I think, for £2.50 or two ninety nine or something. Um, so that was really good. And then the, the Jago and Lightfoot stuff, all of their stuff was all on special it's just the timing <laughs> it's just really bad I know. um but anyway like you say mate uh this might be a a, a very good one to pick up oh i think so and get yeah. pre-ordered yeah um i think we've kept people waiting long enough we've waffled and chatted through lots of stuff let's people let's let people get on with their day so let's get on with our review which is jammy dodgers at the ready it's victory of the daleks is it really this came out yeah part of series five and the usual 45 minute broadcast duration yeah and this was written by mark gattis or gatis say gatis i say gattis directed by andrew gunn mm. and overseen by the moth burger <laughs> the mothball and uh, <laughs> and uh <laughs> the mothball I like that <laughs> and um, <laughs> so ah oh, crikey uh, it's set around World War 1 World War 2 World War 1 I thought it was World War 2 but... World War 2 is it yeah oh yes it would be World War 2 wouldn't it of course yeah. um, during the Blitz that's it and uh uh, Churchill is uh, plotting and having strategic meetings underneath London, um, which the Doctor and Amy are very, very excited about, which I find strange because there's thousands upon thousands of people being killed every day, but they seem very excited and happy about being um, involved. In the middle of in it. In the middle of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, the, uh, the Doctor turns up because uh, Winston Churchill tried to contact him, but he's arrived a bit late. Um and what the doctor doesn't know is that one of his uh, sort of chief scientific researchers or uh, warfare doctor, scientific person, um, has uh, strangely invented these, uh, these 
mechanical things um, to aid them in their war against the Germans. And we very quickly get to see um, that these mechanical fighting machines are actually Daleks who look like um, soldiers. They're painted in such a way that they look like frontline soldiers, um, which we'll come on to. Um, the Doctor obviously flips out, you know, tells him to cease immediately, all that stuff, which they clearly don't. Um, but the Doctor soon uh, uh, unravels their plan. So that, this is a story of two halves, really. Let's let's be honest. Um, story of two halves. The first half is the Doctor and Amy turning up, finding out that uh, Churchill and the war effort has supposedly invented these Daleks. Um, and then the second half is the Doctor trying to defeat the Daleks. Um, but what they've done is they've uh, sort of tricked the Doctor into uh, triggering this, um, this event which... Um, introduces us to the paradigm Daleks, mm. um, which he then tries to defeat with a biscuit. Um, and then it all sort of culminates in um, the war sort of carrying on, as it were, the paradigm Daleks doing the off, and then Amy and and uh, and the Doctor going off onto the next adventure. Yeah. So story of two halves, really. It very much is. Um, so, yes. What do you reckon? Um, well, first half, actually, I think it starts pretty good. Uh, I, I like the way this this actually starts because it's kind of intriguing. You're thinking, what the, a good the Daleks have gone good. They don't, you know. I was quite intrigued by the sort of first probably fifteen minutes of this, and then it seems to spiral out of control. And I don't really know what to make of the second half yeah. uh, of it. To be honest with you, um, I don't. Yeah. So overall, it's, this is a mixed bag for me. I don't think it deserves the amount of hate that it gets but I can understand some of that hate. Um, But it's a mixed bag for me. Um, I don't think it's all bad. I think there's some good stuff going on, but, but uh, yeah, it kind of loses, loses its way and it seems to get wrapped up very, very quickly as if ever, as if it feels a bit hollow overall as a story. You know what I mean? It just seems to have no substance to it because I'll be honest with you. I'm not quite sure what was going on in the second half of this. Like Mm. what are the Daleks, so they've got this human bomb. I don't know. I found it a little bit bit of a mess overall. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't dislike it. I, f- I think there's some good stuff. I, f- I think uh, it's an easy enough watch. But but uh, overall, my feelings on it is it's a bit of a mess. What about you? Um, yes, I'm basically in the same camp as you. Right. On it, I think it starts off very well. It starts off with, um, unfortunately as we've seen many, many times. It's one of those stories that starts off with bags of potential. Mm. It could be one like a modern classic, if you like. Um, but then sort of halfway through, it loses itself a little bit. Um, things get shoehorned in. Mm. Um, and then the the writer, in this case, Mark Gattis, sort of has to write himself out of a big hole that he's dug. Pretty um, much. And the only way to do that, because he's only got 45 minutes, the only way to do that is to wrap it up very poorly. And quickly, mm. uh, so maybe if this was a classic era, split over maybe two, possibly four parts, where we could get a very good insight into these other Daleks and you know that whole thing, then it could have worked. Um, but because they try to do so much in a short space of time, uh, it just it just loses itself and gets wrapped up way too quick. Do you, and do way you think too it convenient. does? 
Yeah, oh, way too, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you think it deserves the, the battering? Because it does get a battering, this one. Do you think it, it deserves it overall? Because um, well, I don't think it's as bad as its reputation. No, that's what I was going to say. I don't, it's not, it's not a terrible episode. It isn't one that, you know. It's not a hard watch, is it? I mean, I sat, no. I was quite, I was quite entertained for 45 minutes, yeah. but I didn't sort of get, I didn't sort of get to the end of it and think it was a brilliant, but I also didn't get to the end of it and think, God, oh, that was, that was rubbish. Like mm. what's the one we did recently where I got to the end of it and I was just like really pleased it was, oh, oh the idiot's lantern. It, I didn't get that sort of feeling at the end of it of like, God, oh, dear me, you know, that was poor. I, yeah. I sort of got to the end of it thinking it was entertaining enough because there are some nice moments in it, some good bits of humor, I think, um, in it. There's, there's enough little nice moments to, to make it better than that. So, so I'm a little bit surprised at the backlash it gets um, in some respects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's be clear. It's not, um, it's not a, a serious showstopper. No. Um, it's not one that if you're, having, if you're watching series five from beginning to end, it's not one that you would skip. Or that no, would, no, I don't know, think so. Not at all. It's just it suffers with. Um, I think it's it just buckles under the weight of its own, um, its own plot weight, if you like, because it, it's it's one thing it's one thing to have the Daleks in there as you know fighting for the the English army, and when we first see the Daleks, they're painted in that you know, that army green and they've got, you know, look ridiculous. Um, so it's one thing to have that concept going on. But when you then introduce brand new Daleks into the, the whole canon, you know, into this episode and the whole world of Doctor Who, you now introduce these brand new ones and you get the design wrong. We'll not get it wrong, but you, you know, you, they're not designed very well at all. I would, yeah. I think you they know, got it wrong. To they be got it wrong, and then secondly, they they're gone before they've they're even started. So you've got one of Doctor Who's biggest enemies and one of the, the most well known monsters or enemies within Doctor Who um, in this episode in two different forms, um, and it ends up being a very quick, forgettable episode because, like you say, it's entertaining to a degree you're watching the whole thing and you're not really thinking, oh, this is boring or this is, you know, it's just a big, huge sort of anti-climax of a, of yeah. a Dalek story. Um, and it's I think really that, hollow because they, they kind yeah. of, like you said, they just kind of, um, we don't even see what happens to these, you know, these new Daleks are introduced and then the doctor kind of just says, oh, they've run away. They've got, <laughs> so we just have yeah. to accept, oh, they've gone. Oh, well, let's move on. It's kind of like that, isn't it? It's really, yeah. really like, yeah. And and I think um it's one of those situations where they've it's sort of understated um story about Daleks where it's the worst type of Dalek story you can do. Because right from the early days in Classic Who, we find out that the Dalek race and the Daleks themselves are actually quite complex. It's a quite a complex story and there's a lot more to it than just you know, a, a metal can rolling around exterminating people. There's a lot more to it. But when you have a story like this where, like I said, you've got the, the regular Daleks and then a brand new slew of Daleks that have come into the mix, they just don't do anything with it. Um, That's it, yeah, you're right. There's just not They're enough, just, you know. Yeah they, don't, yeah, they don't do anything in this, do they, the Daleks? I mean, it's a, I thought what was going to happen when this first aired was, you remember in Eccleston's 
first series, we got Dalek. So we got yeah. that standalone Dalek. But then we got that epic battle where they came back for the two part at the end. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which worked really well, I think. Um, I thought they were sort of doing, going to do the same tricks. I thought, oh, right, okay. They're introducing these new Daleks. Clearly, we're going to see them again. Some is, you know, this is this is like a forerunner, like Dalek was. This is like a forerunner to what we're going to get later on. Yeah. And that never happened. And I, I don't know if that's because um, they didn't go down too well, or or whether they were just never, or whether this was just it. But it feels to me like a sort of um, an introduction that never got sort of finished off, yes. if you like. Like yep. they never, yeah, never sort of went with it. Yeah. Um, it also feels to me, I mean, this is series five, so this is Moffat's first series as um, as the showrunner. Um, and there's a lot of series five where it feels like he's trying to erase Russell, uh, some of what Russell T. Davis brought in and bring in his own ideas, which is fair enough. But in this, it literally is that because the, the new Daleks just disintegrate the old Daleks. So it very much feels like it's Moffat saying, right, here's, this is my ideas now, you know, and he's sort of getting rid of a lot of what, undoing a lot of what rtd did yeah uh, which yeah. i can understand to a certain extent because he's showrunner now he wants to bring in his own style and his own ideas fair enough but um yeah i think this is perhaps one of the ideas in terms of the paradigm dialects that didn't quite pay off yeah totally agree mate mm. totally agree and um they don't they're just not sinister enough well they've got hunchbacks <laughs> that's what I mean yeah the design is the Daleks of Notre bad. Dame yeah um, but for, for, this is my personal opinion but a, a good Dalek story has got to include has got to be about the Daleks being scary and sinister yeah. and deadly and a big threat and I just didn't feel that at all throughout this entire story even when we had that really big moment where the new paradigm Daleks are coming out of the smoke and you know it just because because of the design, um, it just looked like ten pin bowling. It looked like <laughs> yeah. It looked, I, I don't know. It just and then they just weren't threatening enough towards the Doctor either, because they had this kind of sort of negotiation standoff, didn't they, between the two of them, where they were saying, um, uh, because they they basically lit up all of London, didn't they, so that mm. the German bombers knew exactly where to target, and the Doctor was saying, "You shut the lights off, or I'm going to destroy." you know, this Dalek ship, and they were like, yeah, but that means you'll be, you'll go along with it and stuff. And he was like, you know, so there was that whole thing, but that fizzled out relatively with no sort of consequence on either side. And that was sort of done and dealt with. And then, like you say, they just go. Yeah, um, they just hop off. Yeah. yeah, so the threat wasn't there. That that sinister, like, like oh, oh no, there's, there's, a, there's Daleks, you know, it's going to, it's, it's go time. You know, mm. it just wasn't that at all. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, even the doctor doesn't seem scared of him, does he? In fact, he's laughing when he's sort of trying to, uh, when he's on his escape and stuff, you know, he's eating his jammy dodger and playing with that console, yeah. whatever he's doing, and he's laughing. So it's, there is no, yeah, they're not scary at all. But um, let, let, let's talk about the design quickly for a minute because I think you are right in the sense that they they mm -hmm. did get it wrong. Um I, I kind of like what they were trying to do because I like the cushion movies and I like the Daleks in the cushion movie. I like the design of them. So I kind of like the fact that uh, the mothball was thinking, let's bring some color and mix it up a bit. So I like what he was trying to do. But um, yeah, unfortunately, they just look... Uh, the humpback looks terrible. 
Yeah, they just look too static. And I, I mean, they've been called everything from the sort of uh, Teletubby Daleks to, um, uh, well, for every name Power under Rangers. the sun. Power Rangers. Yeah. Power Rangers, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you know, they've been called every name under the sun. And you, it kind of made them a bit more of a joke. Like you said, we're, this is, sort of, I suppose, you know, just adds to the fact that the Daleks haven't been scary for quite a long time in Doctor Who. And this sort of didn't help that at all, really. Um, and a lot of it is down to the design, I think. You know, they look big and clumsy. I mean, I suppose making them bigger perhaps uh, is a good idea. But uh, yeah, they just, they're just let down by the new design. And I don't think it's the colours so much, but <laughs> I don't know. I suppose they're not, they are a bit, uh, perhaps if they'd have just gone for a more subtle rather than being these big, colourful rainbow colours, it might have, yeah, helped. Yeah. I think if they would have just, if they would have kept the original design somewhat and made them like, because the, the the original Daleks are, um, th- yeah, they're they're kind of they're thinner, aren't they? A little bit, and so I I understand the design approach where they wanted to make them a bit more like larger and bulkier, and you know try and seem a bit more threatening, but they just didn't pull it off because they look yeah like the hunchback thing at the back and the shape of them it just doesn't really they just don't look that good. The original Daleks had like a, a slightly slimmer more triangle shape to them so in my opinion they probably would have they could have made them you know the same shape maybe a little bit larger but have them like this really cool like really more retro like dark charcoaly scuffed up sort of look mm. and more consistent as well so these colors um so what were they? there was like there was red yellow orange blue blue and white wasn't there mm. so the white one's not too bad the white one because that's got a sort of remembrance sort of vibe to it yeah um, but the other ones i'm oh i don't know it's especially the yellow one what the, the yellow one just looks ridiculous eternal because they've got because it's got the black because it's got the black sort of half half balls the mm. little half uh, domes on the around it so it looks ridiculous in black because that's the other problem with this color they look really plasticky they do look plastic, don't they? Yeah. It looks yeah, got like do. that um, that vinyl, like that really cheap, you know, those old kit cars that people used to buy. That's that real acrylic-looking, yeah. flexible, bendy acrylic. Especially the the sort of um, neck bit, doesn't it? That looks like something out of a yeah, like a car workshop. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely. Right. They look yeah. really plasticky. Um, the thing was when they brought back the Daleks for the new series, they sort of um, updated them just enough to look. I think they did a really good job updating the, the Daleks. And, you know, in, in Dalek and in um, Part of the Ways and that, I think, I think they sort of took the classic design and just tweaked it enough to be modern but still look really good. Because I, I, I really like the sort of, um, you know, the Daleks in the new mm-hmm. series. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, with this, they, they just didn't get it right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like the Cybermen. I haven't liked any of the new designs for the Cybermen in the new series. I'd much prefer the classic series design. Um, I don't think they've ever got it right in the new series, but I think they did with the original Dalek design. So it's a shame to see them sort of try and get rid of that and sort of make it a bit more comical, like serving tea and stuff. It's it's a bit of a shame. It is. And that's, um, yes, I think, you know, in terms of the design of the newer paradigm Daleks, I think we're in the majority there where they just don't look very good. I think a lot yeah. of people just thought that they thought they were going to be like make for a great toy. I think they had visions of kids 
loving it, which they may well have done. Actually, younger kids might have loved it, but I think they were just sort of thinking, "Oh, imagine you know when we bring these out of toys, every kid's going to have one, and mm-hmm. it's going to be great. It's going to be really fun." And so maybe they were thinking along those lines. But what they should have been thinking is that it's making the you know it's, it's, okay. it's sort of taking the edge off the Daleks. It's bizarre because Terry Nation Estate they fought quite hard to get the rights to bring the darts back from the series, didn't they? Yeah, and yeah. one of the things the Terranatia State didn't like was how the Daleks had turned into this um, comedy caricature over the years. So, like, they'd been used in adverts um, where they were just being silly, going, exterminate! And, you know, the Daleks <laughs> had become a bit of a joke, and I think the Terranatia State didn't like that at all. And they wanted to try and, you know, recapture what, what Terry Nation, you know, had originally sort of in, invented. So I don't know how they felt about this, really, when, you know, like I said, when that sort of scary edge was yeah. taken down quite a few notches, yeah. Yeah, I read you, man. So Daleks in this story, not really feeling it. No. Um, and then, yeah, just to touch on the, the, the first Daleks that we see who have been painted British Army green, and for some reason they've got a utility belt. Yeah. So I'm not sure... <laughs> I'm not sure if that's just because, like, they're going to carry supplies for soldiers oh, who they're going to be fighting alongside in battle. Really not sure, but the utility belt thing can't really get my head around that. It doesn't look very good. Um, I, no. I'm not. I don't really mind the, the the sort of dark green paint job. I don't really mind that if there was like a thousand of them. Um, I actually don't mind it. No. I think I think it looks looks quite interesting. Actually, what they call Ironside Daleks. Ironside, yeah, yeah. I actually don't mind the look of it because you know it's quite the nice little Union Jack symbol replacing the Dalek bit under the eye and that. Yeah, yeah. no, I think it works. It works okay in terms of the story. I quite quite like the look of them, but yeah, yeah. I'm not um, sure why they've got a utility belt. <laughs> no, it's a bit ridiculous. Maybe it's um, full of tea bags. <laughs> yeah, the you know the. A lot of uh, famous one side coffee. The other, yeah, well, a lot of famous wars over the years were run uh, were won uh, by drinking cups of tea. Good old tea, Good yeah, old tea. But yeah, the original, uh, uh, sorry, the first Daleks that we see, they're not too bad. I don't mind the green paint job, but just the the accessories are just ridiculous and irrelevant, and and just the whole non threatening thing. I mean, I understand why because you know when we when we pick up this part of the story. Um, it's before the doctors arrived and, you know, has, has set off the trap, if you like. Um, so they're meant to be sort of servient and and that sort of thing. But again, that just that's just another little nugget in the story and the writing that just leans over to them being non-threatening. It just doesn't help this whole Dalek thing about them just being laughed at mm. <laughs> throughout the episode. So um, overall, the Daleks, they've absolutely been written better. In, it's, in not their finest hour. it's not no. their finest hour and um it, they it could have been like i said it's another example of so much potential you know it could have been an amazing dialect story um but they just didn't live up to because there are a couple of nice little bits that start where you know like when matt's talking to churchill and you just see the dalek creeping behind him there's a really nice shot there of the Dalek just sort of stopping and turning and looking and then carrying on. You know, there's a couple of little <laughs> sinister moments which are quite nice, but um, we don't get enough of that, unfortunately. Yeah. No. So Dalek's not really doing it. Um, what do you think to some of the cast then? Um, mm. Let's talk about, well, there's only a few people really. I mean, there's, yeah. it, it's interesting because it's, it's a very busy support cast, but there's only a, a couple sort of speaking uh, support characters really. So um, uh, Churchill, Ian McNeese. 
Yeah, nice bit of casting, I think. Pretty I good, think actually. He's quite good as Churchill. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, obviously somebody like Churchill has got a very distinct look. Mm. And um, But I find I find that the, the, the casting um, uh, management at Doctor Who generally does a really good job in the support cast. Yeah. Um, if we think about people like um, uh, the guy that played Vincent van Gogh, yeah, that was pretty much bang on. Oh, he um, was really good. That's the same, the same series, isn't it? Series 5. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some other examples as well where they've really, I, I think they've really nailed. Shakespeare guy. What's his name? The shameless bloke. He was quite good. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was good. Um, so I think when it comes to casting his, like quite distinct historical figures, they do do a very good job. Um, with that, and I think Ian McNeese does. He does have that big, chubby, flabby, because mm-hmm. um, his jowls are huge. They're like yes. all the way down here over his shirt collar, which is mm-hmm. just like Churchill. You know, he's this big, you know, big guy, and um, so they've nailed that really. And uh, Ian McNeese is a great actor as well. He gives a good, you know. good performance. He's he's quite he's quite sort of um, humorous in it, isn't he? Without going too much, he's yes. still quite believable as Churchill. But he does also slightly ham it up a bit. But it's not. Yeah, I think he's he's really nice in it. Yeah, that's really the good. only one thing that I didn't really find worked. For the, I mean, the casting was bang on, but the mm. actual his his script and his performance, I found to be just a wee bit too much on the humorous side at times. Yeah, um, yeah, possibly. But yeah. that's only a little niggle. But other than that, really good. Um, I would agree. It's funny because I would agree. I I do know where you're coming from on that because the first time I watched this, the very first time when it went out, I I thought that because I, I remember thinking, oh, he's really well cast. He's good as Churchill, but oh, he's they've made him into a bit of a comedy character, which I didn't like. But um, I didn't mind it so much on a rewatch. But I do know what you mean by that because I I did think the same the first time I watched it. Yeah. I was I thought they'd sort of made him a bit too too comical. Yeah. yeah. Other other otherwise though, really good. Hmm. Um, what about um, Bracewell? Bracewell uh, again, um, nice bit of casting. He's a good good actor. Um, it's, I suppose the problem I have with Bracewell is what he turns out to be—the stupid human bomb. Uh, <laughs> stupid. So I quite like. Uh, yeah, well, like I like like the character, and I like like him as an actor. But um, yeah, I just think it's a bit of a shame, really. What what has he sort of turned out to be? It's a bit it's a bit sort of a joke, really. Okay. In terms of the bomb, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a kind it's of just a, the yeah. silly, colourful thing that he's got in his chest, and the whole emotion winning over again has sort of been done, done to death, really. But yeah, he's a good, he's a good actor, though. Do like, do like him in this. Yeah, I quite liked his character in this. One of the things that I didn't, I didn't mind. Um, I, I, I liked the concept of having um, somebody who uh, completely and truly believes they're human. Even when they're presented with uh, the evidence, you know, where his hand gets blown off and he's got the wires mm-hmm. and cables. Um, even then, when the doctor's trying to convince him and try and get his emotions going and all that stuff, I thought that was a, quite a nice element to the story. Yeah, um, yeah, it was quite good. And uh, and uh, Bill Bill Peterson was fairly good. I remember him from a really old movie, um, uh, The Witches, the old Roald Dahl movie the witches where he played oh, right. um bruno's father and um remember just absolutely cracking up many times and i watched that as a little kid so when i see him in anything now i can't help but laugh um even he's, that, one, he's one of those actors i do recognize from yeah. being this stuff but i can never think of his name yeah yeah he's um so he's good and likes the performance as well he's because he's meant to be an emotional character isn't he mm. um even though he's like an android robot 
bomb thing. He is meant to be completely believable as a human with proper emotions and feelings and all that stuff. So I thought he did pretty well on that. Yeah, and it gives Amy something to do at the end because she hasn't had a lot to do in this. So that's, that's like you said, that little scene at the end is quite good. Yeah. Where she sort of, because the doctor's getting nowhere, is he? He's <laughs> <laughs> just failing miserably, as you can see all the all the lights switching colour. And it's quite nice when she just shoves him out of the way and she's like, I know what needs to happen. Yeah, that's yeah. quite a nice little moment. Mm. Yeah, and she does that, um, she kind of does it a few times in Series 5. Um, even when the doctor's told her to sort of stay put you know, yeah. don't get involved. She does get involved and save the day. Um, that's, with, that's when they went down that hole. You know, is it is this show still about the Doctor with the man with the plan and saving the day, or is it more right. about the companion? You know, is the companion becoming more? Because we had that a lot with Clara. Yeah, in we the did. Last series yeah. where it almost became the Clara show. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's elements of that here with Amy sort of rushing in at the end and saving stuff, and which is. Uh, it's okay to a degree. Well, me, I think it's, it's good, right. good to a degree. Yeah, yep. you've got to have it now and again, otherwise, it's, it's companions redundant. But yeah, it does. When it comes to being too much, like it definitely did with Clara, yeah, then it just starts irritating because the doctor's becoming sidelined. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, anyone else you want to mention? There's not really much else going on. For there me, isn't many. No, no. I mean, the actual just the extras are quite nice, and in, in you know they don't. They're not in it hardly at all, are they? But we do, the characters we get are quite good. Yeah. But the thing is, if you don't, if you get an extra that's bad, they'll stick out a mile. So you'll always remember them. But in this, there's nobody in it that you sort of think, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. You know, where'd they get <laughs> that guy? You know what I mean? Everyone in it, even in the smallest role, is quite, quite good, I think. You know, like the little air wardens <laughs> yeah. out on the roof and stuff, just in a tiny little scene, but just a nice little character. So yeah, all the extras are quite good in it. Um, Briggsy, Nick Briggs is obviously doing the Dalek voices, um, of course, and Barnaby Edwards. Um, I do like the deep voices, the white Dalek, isn't it? But yeah, the goes. I can't get my voice. He goes very deep. Yeah, I uh, quite like that. So he's doing a good job, I suppose. Um, I suppose. I said, no, no, no. Sorry, he is. There's nothing wrong with Briggsy doing. It. You know, he is the Dalek voice in the new series, isn't he? So yeah, he's doing a good job yeah. because it must be difficult, you know, for in a sense to do. You know, they can only tweak that voice modulator so much. So when they probably say to him, uh, one more take, Nick, a little bit deeper, please, if you could. Do you know what I mean? I mean, how many how many different variations of the Dalek can you do? Yeah, um, so, so, yeah, I mean, he's doing all right. And Barnaby Edwards is Dalek 2. I don't know who Dalek 2 is, but... <laughs> um, he must be... Dalek 2. Uh, second Dalek. Yeah, I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice any distinctly different Dalek voice, but um, yeah, no, no. But they're fine. So overall, for me, um, nicely cast. Actually, another plus point, which I think perhaps gets overlooked when people are saying they don't like the story. I think this got a nice little unit yeah. cast in it that worked pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So the old guy on the roof, um, he was he had a good little part. It's just more the look of him, you know. Yeah. Just looks yeah. like that typical old British soldier. I like yeah. it. Um, and then we had the pilots, didn't we? Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was like the the uh, the, the Spitfires that go out into. <laughs> this is the bit that everyone. Yeah. Part, there's two things that people always bring up that they dislike about this story, and that's the Paradigm Daleks and the Spitfires in space. Mm -hmm. um, and this comes back to you saying about how things are just very rushed in terms of the writing, because it's it's just explained 
in one very simple line, isn't it, that we're just supposed to accept. He says something about, oh, surely you can create a gravity bubble. <laughs> yeah, <That's, laughs> no problem. Yeah. And the next thing we know, we've got Spitfires flying up in space, you know, shooting the, the, the hidden Dalek uh, mothership. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an example of where the script was just very lazy and very rushed. Um, yes, um, that's exactly what I meant earlier, where mm. the the story is the concept and the story is very very big and grand. Yeah, but because they didn't have enough time, or they didn't write, or Mark Gattis didn't really do the second half well enough to execute that story well enough, he then had to write things very quickly um, to get the story to a completion. You know, so that's mm. why we have things like. Oh, surely you can just do that. Yeah, you know, gravity let, bubble, no yeah, problem. Let's just do that, and then Maybe we have five minutes. Yeah. yeah. So that whole thing about creating stuff so the Spitfires can go in space and and all that it's it's yeah. I just not a, not a fan of that. It it knocks a point off. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, well, while we're talking about the Spitfires in space, though, let's let's just quick quickly talk about the um, graphics and effects, which I'm going to say I think look really good. Even now, I thought the the actual visuals in this are really really nice. Because um, I mean, forget you know, forget the fact we're looking at Spitfire in space. They've done a good job on the production of this story. It looks really really good from start to finish. Um, it's, the colours are nice. There's no the direction's really good actually. Who was the director? Andrew Gunn. Yep. He's done his best to to really inject some life into the story. Like you know when we when we get introduced to the new Daleks, we've got really great sweeping shots. Um, you know it cuts really quickly, so we get you know good views of these new Daleks, even though we don't don't like what we see. I think the direction on it's really good, and I think I think the effects in it are really good as well. They still look great. I think I think still yeah, really really good. Yeah, although it's um a, a really crappy, you know, thing in the story, uh, the effects are really good. Yeah, like the, the, the yep. scene in London all lighting up, you know, yep. with the guy on the roof just looks really really nice. Yeah, yeah, and the actual sets are good as well, like the war rooms underneath London. Yeah, all that stuff really well recreated and um, so production wise, really really good. To be honest with you, it's um it it's just <laughs> it's just the poor. Execution. execution of some of the elements that are not great but um but in terms of uh, uh production and stuff it's well up there i mean there, there was a few episodes in series five which look really good mm. really really good um and this is Vincent one of the-, the doctor i mean we said it didn't we it looked just brilliant oh know, yeah that's wise but i think this this surprisingly stood up very well in terms of in terms of the look and feel of it yeah yes mm. yes um let's talk about so anything else like story-wise before we get on to the Doctor and Amy? No, I mean, I, I just think it's a bit of a mess, the story. I'm not quite yep. sure. Yeah, it loses its way, basically. It does. Uh, unfortunately, yep. yeah, in terms of story. Yeah, um, so we can do Amy very quickly. Um, she has very little to do right until the end. Um, she's a yeah. bit of a tag-along, really. She is, yeah. yeah. yeah Even she... the Doctor dumps her off, doesn't he? He's like, you wait there. And she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even the dump- Doctor dumps her. Um, yeah, yeah. She does get a lot to do. Till the Half end. That nice little scene at the end. Yeah. yeah. And they let, uh, I like that they let him go as well. Because when they go back into the office at the end, he's aware that they're there to deactivate him because he's Dalek technology. Yeah. And then they go through that thing about, oh, what could we do in 20 <laughs> minutes? You know, so basically they're saying to him, 
you know, escape, get out go, of here. get out of yeah. here. But so that's that's quite a nice bit at the end. Um, yeah. And, well, the uh, doctor, Matt and they, Matt and Karen work do work well together in little scenes like that, don't they? That's when she yeah. sort of comes yeah. good because I do find, I do find Karen's acting a bit one-dimensional a lot of the time but she's always good when she's with matt they sort of bring out the best in each other in terms of their yeah chemistry if you like so yeah yeah no region um so that was quite good so but apart from that little scene and the bit obviously when she's talking to uh bracewell when you know the thing on his chest is going round and he's about to obliterate everything um that's quite a nice scene but other than that she's just a bit bit of a tag along yeah doesn't really do a great deal she's all right no huge yeah. complaints she just Nothing really to comment on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Matt Smith. Matt. Um, what do you reckon? Great. Great. I love Matt. I, I really love <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I can't fault him. <laughs> Even with his terrible hair in this one. <laughs> <laughs> what? It sounds like um, you sounded like we were down the pub talking to Stephen oh. Moffat and some other people. and Yeah, Mothball. And they're... <laughs> Bring Matt back. He's flimming right. Yeah, reminiscing about the good old days on Doctor Who, yeah. and you're like, oh, I love Matt. Yeah, I've always loved Matt. Cause <laughs> no, I do. Cause I, I think because of his, some of his stories, I think he just gets um, I think he just gets a bit of a hard time. But I just think he's so good. I really, I love Matt's Doctor. I, I, sometimes when I'm watching him, I sometimes think he's my favourite. You know, when you're going through in your head. You're thinking, who's my favourite doctor? Okay. Even though yeah. you can't, it's the impossible question. It can never, be, it can never be answered. It must never be answered. But yeah. there are times when I'm watching Matt, and I just, just really think he's so good. That I just, uh, and this is so early on as well. He's still not quite 100 percent his doctor yet. Um, but I think he's really good in it. He gets some great lines. You know, the thing with the jammy dodger, and when he says, you know, but I was promised tea, and you know, all that. You know, mm-hmm. he delivers the lines brilliant. I, I really do like Matt. I can't fault him. Yeah. At all, even though he looks really young in this. God, yeah, he, he looks, yeah. looks about 19 because yeah. he's got his floppy hair going <laughs> on. And oh dear, but no, I, I like Matt. Yeah, I can't fault him. No, I'm, Matt, I'm with you on that. You? One. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I think series five is quite remarkable for him, really, because mm. seeing as this is one of the very first um, episodes and it's his first proper run with the doctor, um, he's just on form pretty much every scene and we've this story does bring out a, a, a quite a range in his acting as well because we have that really quite uh um emotional scene where he's full of anger and stuff when he's bashing the hell out of the dalek with the, the giant spanner yeah um so he's really going for it there and you can see his his reaction when he very first sees the daleks as well he's very you know he, he complete and utter like shock like what the hell have you done you, know, you need to you know, like a lot of viewers <laughs> yeah you need to shut this down quick and yeah. and there's also got that very calm cool collective doctor as well when he's negotiating with the daleks and he's got the, the jammy dodge and stuff so there's a big range of, of 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 acting ability from him very early on you know yeah um so i love i love matt in this i'm a really big fan of him in series five i'm not really a fan of of some of the later matt smith episodes as we get sort mm-hmm. of into middle of series six but He's consistently very good, though. As yeah, the even even yeah. early on, you're right. Even yeah. in his first series, he's good. Yeah, I just got visions of us. You know, we were going to be down the pub last week when when it didn't happen. <laughs> you're, you're right now. We're going to be like after a few pints. Ah, oh, love old Matt. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys talking about Doctor Who? Yeah. Yeah. What Don't do go know? slanging off Matt. What do you know about him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing. I just 
interesting Doctor Who. Well, get out of it. <laughs> Talking about Matt Smith. <laughs> Bleeding Matt Smith. Yeah, you know it's going to happen. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be us one day. Just completely smashed. One day soon, yeah. Trying to cohesively talk about Doctor mm. Who. Mm. And that bloody Moffat. Yeah. That mothball. The mothball. He can get out of here and all. <laughs> God, yeah. So I would say Victory of the Daleks is very much a tale of a tale of two tales. Mm. Very much a promising start, very, very good, but then loses itself under its own weight and just gets written written out too conveniently and too too much of an anticlimax. Yeah. I would say. And one last thing, why does Churchill say keep buggering on? Because <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that line, I was like, what? Is that Because I didn't know Churchill, is that like something he said that he's famous for saying? Or what, what is that about? I honestly don't know. It, uh, it seems a really odd thing to, yeah. to come out with. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that it's, it's something that he, a quote that he must have said at some point, because it's an odd thing to, to put in there. But yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to move on to scores. Yes, and it's your turn first this week. Thank goodness. It is my turn first. Um, mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Um, I'm going to say that this is worthy of mm. a drum four, roll. A four. A four? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. Really? I'm going with it. No, I'm going with a 6.5. I, I quite enjoyed it despite all its little issues. Uh, in terms of watching it, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I didn't, didn't think it was that bad. 6.5 6. for me. Okay, I, I would have given it more if the second, if the last two thirds were as good as the first bit, um, as the first third, but yeah, it just it goes downhill quite quickly. Yeah, and it you, does. You can't forgive the, the cheap plastic looking Daleks, I'm afraid. Mm. Yeah, they actually do look like toys, don't they? They really yes. do. I mean, the toy of them looks just, yeah, they were designed to be a toy, basically. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's our opinion. What did you guys think? Mm. Uh, we've got quite a few audio reviews in, so let's kick off with one of those. Uh, this is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Grandland from the Lily Books Podcast. How are you all doing? Now, victory of the Daleks. But anyway, victory of the Daleks. This one is bashed uh, quite a lot, and I don't know why. I honestly think it is a good story. I don't think it's... Series 5 is a strong story to begin with, and my strong series, in my opinion, to begin with. But this one does get left on the bottom, because again, there are so many good stories, isn't it? But again, it's not a bad one. I mean, people... um bash uh the story because the power ranger daleks you know go go dalek power but uh no for starters i mean yes and why did they have a yellow and orange dalek what's the point again you cannot deny matt smith's acting in this was phenomenal he portrayed he was kind of angry at the fact that the daleks he felt a bit like, why didn't you remember me? He felt a bit... Winston Churchill, to me, was phenomenal. He really um, made a story great because even Nice is a great actor. I think he did pretty well in this role. But the elephant in the room. Danny boy to the doctor. Danny boy to the doctor. Danny boy to the doctor can go away. Danny boy. Go back to Earth. I don't like that Spitfire in space point. I just don't like it. And also, Mark Gator still can't write for Amy at all. So, yeah, I'm going to give uh, Victor Daleks an 8 out of 10. I think it's great. 
See you guys next week. Wow. Cheers, Alex. He's got a good point about Gattis writing for Amy. She he can't write it for Amy. I totally agree with that. Um, no, because I don't think he knows what to do with her. I think he he go he writes a, a very well has the potential to write a very good story for the Doctor, and some of his you know larger foes, more mm. classic foes and stuff. But with the companion, especially Amy, I just don't think he knows where to go with it. No, Gattis yeah. is good with idea. Get good thinking of ideas isn't he but mm. just not yeah never seems to yeah well some, to do much with them a couple of them he he absolutely does he does you know he's done a couple of cracking stories but he, yeah bit hit and miss anyways mm. uh let's crack on let's continue with the audio stuff um uh this is owen daly hi guys hope you both are doing very well and enjoying the show this week so what did i think of victory of the daleks well it is a very, very poor story, and I really want to emphasise that point. Victory of the Daleks is a very poor story. When this originally aired, I have to say I was really excited because it was the first actual live Dalek story I ever saw, because prior to that, I just watched the repeats. And I have to admit, I did love it at the time. I thought it was a great Dalek story, but then again, that was the eight-year-old that loved New Earth at the time. Victory of the Daleks is, is once again... A very, very bad story. I really do not like it. It nicely echoes evil of the Daleks at the start with the Daleks acting all good. Um, but yeah, there's one major difference here. Victory of the Daleks is bad. Evil of the Daleks is good. Mm. Uh, just thinking of the Power Ranger Daleks just really makes me get annoyed with what they did to the Daleks. And I'm really, really happy that they didn't like continue on with that design and went back to the lovely 2005 onwards design. Like most of the single parish stories, it could have done with an extra 20 minutes to probably conclude the story. And I would definitely just say it's one of the worst dark stories of all time. A definite 4 out of 10. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you very much, Owen. Excellent. Yeah, he's got a good point. It's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? I wonder what they... I almost wish they had done more with them and tried to maybe they could have turned it around somehow. Like I would have loved to have seen them try to make those Daleks scary. I'm sure they could have done it if they tried hard enough, but uh, they kind of just admitted defeat, didn't they? They kind of got such a backlash, they mm. kind of just shoved them in a cupboard yeah. and didn't mention them again. But maybe they should have just grown a pair and said, no, 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 you know, we're going uh, mm -hmm. to do so with these Daleks, but it wasn't to be. The thing with, here's my, here's my thing with Daleks, right? You don't need to do that stuff with them mm. to have a good Dalek story or to make them threatening and sinister. You don't need to paint them different colours yeah. and all that. You just need to write a good story around them. Yeah, They don't need to be temp tinkered with and all that stuff. He just just doesn't need it. Mm. Anyways. I agree. Anyways. I agree uh, let's jump over to Twitter. Joe Oliver says, to quote the Chuckle Brothers, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> That's all he says. So short and sweet. Oh, right. uh, George Garrity says, an underrated gem. Love the World War II setting with the Dalek technology twist, which weirdly doesn't feel out of place. Designs of both the Ironside and Paradigm Daleks are awesome. Shame the Paradigms are used um, more since. Matt Smith is great, as usual. I love his Dalek confrontation scene. Uh, Churchill, great. Amy, great. Bracewell could be better. That random woman was okay, too, but her plot was just uh, a rehash of Curse of Fenric. Um, loved the Spitfires, too. Overall, 9 out of 10. Wow, yeah, high score. Well, that's good. I'm glad we got a bit, you know, it's good to have some of us fighting its corner. Even, you know, it's good to have a bit of diversity because it, it is one that just very often just completely gets obliterated. He's right. What was going on with that woman character? Do you know what? It's, 
because she kind of she looks at Amy, gives Amy a funny look, and you're like, oh, why is she looking at Amy like that? And then later on, she just bursts into tears, and we find out. I think maybe she's just there to bring home the uh, sense that people lost their lives at war. I think she's literally just there because, you, like you said, it kind of gets glossed over. Everyone's very jolly, mm. and yeah. we're in the middle of a war, don't you know? And I think she maybe was there to sort of represent the fact people did, did lose their lives, but it's just done so badly that we kind of don't even pick up on it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think that character, I think, was it Blanche? That yeah, character? I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah. Again, it's just a, a very quick write-in mm. um, that isn't explored enough to make sense or to have any emotion. Um, it's quite emotional, and I think you're right, yeah, it just hammers home that, you know, war, war is never good. People always lose lives and stuff, but mm. there's just not enough in emotional impact because it's too quick yeah true all in yeah um before we so that was twitter before we crack on with facebook um more audio stuff this is who addicts reviews matt rowney hey there gary and adam i hope you two are well now victory of the daleks really is a tale of two halves it started off so so well the doctor and the daleks confrontation in the beginning was something incredible you know when a doctor first meets the daleks it's got to be memorable and it certainly was you know when the doctor saw the dalek it struck fear into his car and in turn it struck fear into my car it was the first time for as long as i can remember where i was generally scared of the daleks and it got even better because i ended up being scared of the doctor when he was smashing the dalek with a giant spanner because it was being good it just shows how sick and twisted the dynamic between and the relationship between the Doctor and the Daleks has became over all these years. The fact that the Doctor got angry because they weren't trying to kill him. It was such a clever, unique scene. But then, oh God, what did they smoke halfway through writing? It couldn't have got any worse after that. The Paradigm Daleks. Their design is great. Their size, their shape, their voice is intimidating. But their colour scheme... Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, whoever did that should be fired. It was awful, absolutely awful. I mean, it was almost like they were smoking some funny stuff, like they were tripping out and seeing all the different colours. You know, and they put a different colour on each dark. It was just goddamn awful. And then, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, at the very end, the Daleks, their beam is shot out, and what do they do? They don't cause havoc, they don't fight back, they don't kill everything in their way, no. They run away, because that's what the most feared creatures in the universe do. They, they run away. Oh, and also, (laughs) they believed that a jammy dodger would blow their ship up. They're supposed to be the cleverest beings in the universe. And yet we went from hitting them with a spanner to threatening them with a jammy dodger. God, the second half of this episode was just, just dreadful. So yeah, Victory of the Daleks couldn't be a tale of two halves. First half, fantastic. Second half got awful. I've got to give it a four out of ten. Take care, guys. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Matt. He agrees with you, yeah. I was going to say. He makes a good point about the jammy dodger, although I love the scene. It is, it is silly. It is silly. And, uh, yeah, we kind of echo each other's thoughts on that same score mm. as well. Mm. Uh, right, yo, Facebook. Uh, Callum Johnson says, uh, a lot of fans have trouble with the multicolored Daleks, uh, which I understand, but I have a real soft side for this episode uh, with the brilliant acting of Matt Smith and the superb casting for Churchill. And I'd have to give this one a 7.5. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Satine. So, Prime Minister Winston Churchill is having such trouble with the Nazis that he thinks that an absolute last resort, uh, he should use the Ironside to help him defeat the Nazis. Little does Winston Churchill know that these so-called Ironsides are actually Daleks. Luckily, we have the 11th Doctor set him straight, but why are the Daleks serving tea? And is the supposed inventor of the Ironsides, Professor Bracewell, really human? Uh, She goes on to say, I do enjoy watching uh, 11 beat up a Dalek with a spanner. Uh, Also, uh, you have to love Ian McNeese as Winston Churchill. Yes, we do. Um... 
I like the use of the Jammy Dodger as a self-destruct button. I think it's an interesting idea um, having a uh, pro, 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 progenitor progenitor machine. It's, that's the thing that creates the paradigm Daleks, isn't it? Oh, right. Okay. It's like the little mini Dalek shape thing with the disco lights. Oh, that. Yeah. Um, I'd get one of them. Uh, I do feel, however, that it was impossible to save the Earth and destroy the Daleks. After all, the Doctor was not that much help uh, diffusing Bracewell. It was Amy that did that. Uh, on the new Daleks, uh, I can see why people have a problem with their design. I think it may have been better if they had all been one colour and the Supreme Dalek was a different colour. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. She says, but overall, not that bad. 7.5. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, ben Smith says, a mixed bag. Matt gives a good performance and the casting of Churchill is great. Had some interesting concepts, uh, but never lives up to them. Uh, I love the Jammy Dodger scene, but the Daleks do look horrendous and don't do anything scary. Five out of ten. Agree. Uh, Let's do more audio. Jay Kent. Go, go, power Daleks. Mighty (laughs) Morphin power Daleks. (laughs) Hey, Gary and Adam, hope you're doing well. Now, victory of the Daleks. An unusual episode for me. It has all the yes factors there, but it still fails triumphantly. Ian McNeese as Churchill, yes. The chemistry between the Doctor and Churchill, yes. The appearance of World War II London, yes. The art style of the Dalek victory poster, yes. The Daleks pretending to be servants, but it's actually a devious plan and they're in control all the time, yes. I am the Doctor, and you are the Daleks, yes! The design of the Ironside, eh. The Daleks falling for the Jammy Dodger trick, no. The Dalek programming a droid with emotions, no. Spitfires in space, no. And the Paradigm Daleks themselves, their design would be fine if they were all right, but no. They were the Rainbow Daleks from Jelly Baby Lane. If they were all white, they'd be all right. But this is an episode (laughs) that I probably would go back and watch again, but I'd probably stop after a certain time to spare myself the pain but yeah from that reason i'm going to give this episode a five out of ten for being brilliant and monumentally bad at the same time that that takes a special kind of episode no but i hope you guys are doing well and i will see you next week <laughs> cheers jay cheers jay uh Can yes uh, uh, another point there about the the color of the daleks mm. they should have done some user research before this <laughs> yeah <laughs> well like you said just not touch them yeah, yeah. just not touch them yeah uh, back on Facebook, Callum MacArthur says it's awful. One out of ten. Oh dear, that's <laughs> the lowest score yet. Okay. Uh, Danny Brown says good idea from Gattis, uh, but again, like the idiot's lantern, the story never gets going. Uh, the setup was good, but the second we saw those terrible new Daleks, the story went from average to stupid. The cast, although, adds some respectability to the story for me. It's overall poor. Six point five. Have a good oh, show. same score as me. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis Palmer says, This one doesn't seem to go down well in the fandom. I don't mind it. Yes, even the Dalek designs. They're big and threatening, and I like the colour coding. It's a shame that the BBC decided to do away with them because I remember they were building up a mystery in the promotion over what the yellow eternal Dalek was and what his story was, but that never came to fruition. Oh, yeah. Uh, the story itself is quite enjoyable. I love the wartime setting and the Spitfires in space. It's a really cool idea. Ian McNeese is great, great, and he um, and he was uh, really nice when I met him. Uh, overall, an enjoyable story, 7 out of 10. Ah, okay, that's good. Uh, George Coppen, uh, quite a good episode. Love the supporting cast, and I do rather like these Daleks, with my favourite being the blue and orange one, 7 out of 10. Hmm, nice. Uh, Joe Oliver. Uh, okay, this whole episode is a big mess. 
from space Spitfires to the god-awful Power Ranger Daleks and the mm-hmm. ending that was so cliché. Um, but wait, there's a bomb. <laughs> uh, this episode just constantly <laughs> reveals how goddamn awful it is. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, not even a score. No. He, he hates it that much, mm-hmm. didn't even warrant a score. No, it's uh, um, lastly on Facebook, uh, Joseph Howarth. Now, he wrote an absolutely huge comment, so I, I haven't got time to read it all out. Um he basically, I'm going to try and put this in a nutshell. Um, anyway, so he says, Victory of Daleks, I honestly think uh, it was a good episode until the reveal of the Ironsides uh, were in fact Daleks and it just got rushed and just went downhill in the second half of the episode. Um, he then goes on to say uh, that he thinks that the new Paradigm Daleks are basically Power Ranger Daleks and so on. Um uh, he did like the, the tension leading up to the Daleks. He liked how the uh, the Doctor's voice is distorted when we are looking through the Daleks' eye stalk. Oh, yeah, um, that was good. Which yeah. was a nice effect. Um, Bracewell probably um, had all the best bits of the entire episode. Uh, the sympathetic character, of course, and uh, revealed to be a robot. Um, uh, he says that... Um, the, it still has good moments in the, the bit where the Doctor is threatening the Daleks with a jammy dodger. It's a very Doctorish sort of thing to do. Mm. Uh, it's not a laugh out loud moment, but it's worth a chuckle. Nice little touch. Um, as much as he likes Amy, finds her quite irritating as a companion uh, with not much to do other than provide Bracer with emotional support. Um, it's good to begin with, but then deteriorates um, after the reveal. And, uh, and I'd go back to, but certainly not a bad episode either. So he gives it a six out of ten. Okay, that's fair. Um, I'd love to read out your full column uh, comment, Joseph, but it's just so huge. I mean, I really appreciate you typing it all out. Um, so if you guys want to read more into his thoughts on this episode, just head over to the, the Facebook page. Um, let's finish up with an audio review. This is Joe Sweeney. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you guys are well. Right, my review of Victory of the Daleks. Oh, dear, 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 dear. What can I say about this episode? Well, for starters, I'll say that this episode is a complete mess. I do like the fact it is set in World War Two, but the scene with the Doctor hitting a Dalek with the crowbar, I think that was way too over the top. And with the Doctor being that overly aggressive, what the fudge have they gone and got rid of Stephen Morf- um, Russell T. Davis's Daleks and replacement with the coloured designed ones they look so awful i don't know why Stephen morford had to go and do this it's just beyond me and also with this spitfires flying into space that's 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 really terrible it's like watching a star wars movie the only thing one thing i can think of something good about this episode it's when the doctor gone on board the spaceship and threatened the Daleks with with uh, when the with the dummy dodger, I thought that was really really cool. Overall, not a brilliant episode and is quite a letdown. So I'll give a score of um, four out of ten. Hope you podcast, guys. Speak to you soon. Take care. Farewell. Mm. Cheers, Joe. Thanks a lot, Joe. I think, I think he's, yeah, yeah, an overriding theme from everyone's reviews in this one. Would you yeah. reckon that the first half was pretty good, but it just goes downhill after that, and no one's a fan of the multicolored Daleks? I think, yeah, I was just going to say, I think Joe's hit the nail on the head there. It's a disappointment, isn't it? Yes. It starts well and then just ends up being a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, unfortunately. So I think our scores are fairly um, justified. Mm. Um, I can understand why people would have issues with it because it it does mess with certain important aspects of 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 the whole Dalek lore and all that stuff. It tries to do well. It really tries hard, you know, to get that big Dalek entrance and something new and stuff. But then it's just like, yeah, it's like Christmas morning, rattling a box and you think, I know exactly what this is. You <laughs> open it up and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's not what I wanted. Yeah. Oh, but dear. I'm going to smile anyway as if it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much that in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, damn so, you, Moffat, and your tinkering finger. Damn yeah. you. His fingers. That's his problem again. We've said this before. He's got his fingers in too many pies. <laughs> Just back off and let people do their job. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much, guys, for sending in your audio clips and telling us your comments on Twitter and Facebook. Very, very cool. Uh, next week, we're going back in time. I can't wait for next week. What are we doing then, buddy? Uh, so yeah, first Doctor story, the Aztecs. Uh-huh. We will be doing next week, and then following week, big finish. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to those. I I can't wait to do another Hartnell story. Oh, I love Hartnell. I've missed him. Yeah, Aztecs. Missed him. When's the last time we did Hartnell? The War Machines back in Feb. Oh yeah, that's another. That's one of my fave Hartnells. That sure. War Machines. So yeah, see if the Aztecs lives up to it. Indeedy, and I think we will do there, buddy. Okay. So that is episode 92, done and done. In the can. In the can. Thank you again for joining with us. It's been a quite a long show, nearly a couple of hours this one. Mm. So if you are still listening, thank you so, so much. Or if you've skipped right to this point, go back and listen to the whole thing, you lazy bugger. <laughs> Skip to the end. Skip to the end, yeah. Mm. Uh, so next week, um, look out for the Facebook post so that you can comment on next week's review episode, which will be William Hartnell's The Aztecs. So very much looking forward to uh, seeing your uh, your views and opinions on that. If you want to send us an audio clip, feel free to do so, or a video clip, whatever you like. Um, just please try and keep it to around about a minute long. That would be good. And you can send it to hello at thebigblueboxpodcast.co.uk or just give us your thoughts on Twitter and Facebook, whatever you like. Uh, sign up to the newsletter, which is now rocking and rolling. So go to bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Get your email address in there. And your inbox will be a nicer place for it. Mm. <laughs> uh, also on the website, you can check out all the previous episodes and you can link off to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And you can also subscribe to the show. There's links there to iTunes and Stitcher and some other bits so that you never miss an episode. That's what you want. That's what you Never want. miss one. Yes. Also check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag, over on YouTube and Facebook some very very cool videos um what's the next one have you got anything in the pipeline or are you just too busy um no nothing nothing it's always busy <laughs> no i was gonna i was gonna do a review of the new sonic but to be honest with you there's there's a couple of good ones out there already um from sort of same sort of group of people that i'm i sort of watch so there's no point that there's lots of good reviews of it but uh no to be honest mate the, the new job's taken over but i will i will be um i'll be getting some videos together soon but there's loads of great stuff already on there to, to go and check out in the meantime we're going to see those bloody Titan 
a good man uh, series uh, stuff. Uh, I know you're going to get. Um, yeah, I will. Oh, I will get. I yeah. definitely will get some. Of them. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, just just to be honest with you, just so I can uh, unbox them and show people how, how bad they are. People love a video when you're disappointed, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes for a more interesting video when when you're moaning <laughs> about something. Yeah, so yeah, I probably will do some of them at, uh, at some point. Yeah. If you haven't checked out Adam's uh, last video, which is the review of the complete soundtrack in the really nice limited edition TARDIS uh, box set, go and watch that. It's awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I can't watch it again because I'm too angry, but there we go. It's a great <laughs> video. Yeah. So until next week for episode 93, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, and... Uh, uh,